It's time now for the Right Hook Health Checkup. In the studio with me is Dr. Kira Kelly herself. Now, famous on the front pages of our Sunday newspapers, is there no end to this woman's talents? But she is dumbing down herself and she's going to just look at ordinary health problems, which normally are way, way beneath her, but she's going to do it specially for me. So if you have any questions about your health, send me a text to 53106. It'll cost you 30 cents, but it's well worth it. It could save you 65 quid going to Dr. Kelly's surgery or if you get the right hook discount, 50. Dr. Kelly, welcome to the programme. Thank you very much, George. Front page in Sunday Independent. Well, you know. Couldn't believe it. I wasn't even mentioned. I was <laughs> deeply upset. You've been waxing on again, right? Me? Yeah. What have I been doing now? You GPs, none of you, or very few of you, have signed up for the under sixes. Mm. Now, why, what, where, which, all that sort of stuff? Actually, in a short space of time. Actually, most GPs have signed up for the under sixes, and that will sweep across the board and all GPs will sign up because GPs have been strong-armed by both the IMO but also by the Department of Health into doing so. Um, and literally, they have little choice in the matter. I have signed up to the under sixes, George. I signed up this week. Um, I work in a town where there were four practices and the other three practices had signed. So if I didn't want to close the doors and let my staff go and leave my patients without a doctor looking after them, I had to sign. Am I happy about signing? No, I am deeply, deeply unhappy about signing. I still believe this is the completely wrong way to deliver health services. We had 7,700 people on trolleys this month alone in our hospitals. We have patients, elderly patients, on waiting lists for surgery for years, you know, with, with a bad hip who can't walk or a bad knee, for hernia operations, for all kinds of things. That's a fact. And what we're doing here is... Half the under six population already had a medical card. We're simply giving a medical card to the other half of the under sixes. But we're also the, giving a, a medical card to people who are healthy. Which yeah, to healthy middle class children whom yeah. I, I think absolutely need care as well, of course. But we're not really putting that, that cohort into the system in a proper way. And what we're going to do is we're going to put the whole system, which is already under pressure, under even more pressure because the capacity is not there to deal with it. And what's going to happen? The service is going to be diminished for everybody. So you're going to have your doctor trying to get you through the room quicker because he has all these under sixes to see now as well. Your doctor is going to be having shorter consultation times. You're going to ring your doctor and be told, oh, you want to see the doctor? Yeah, we'll see you next Tuesday. Waiting lists for the first time are going to be a thing oh, of reality yeah. in general practice. And for what? For a political stunt that does nothing to care for the health of the nation. I'm sorry. Yeah, but this, it's a stunt. It is, this a is a vote-catching stunt and this I don't want to be part stunt. of it. And I actually feel kind of galled at myself that I signed, mm. even though I felt I had no choice but to do so. All right. Anyway, there's, th this is serious stuff. There's about three questions here, all about going to the toilet. Oh, yeah. And finding blood. Mm -hmm. Now, I've got no jokes when it's blood in the toilet. And you're absolutely right. And, and, and I've, you know, I've read them myself, the questions, and they are very worrying. And someone says, you know, I'm all right directly afterwards, but the next morning I pass blood or someone says I pass blood all the time. Blood in the toilet, the commonest cause of it is hemorrhoids, and, and which, is, which is a no biggie kind of a thing. However, we've no way of knowing that. And neither do you listeners, if you're telling yourself, oh, it is hemorrhoids, I'm sure it's hemorrhoids. Even if you have hemorrhoids, there could be another cause as well. And it could be being masked by your hemorrhoids. So, 
you need to have this checked. This is there's just no two ways about this. You need a colonoscopy. Can I say one thing? Sure. This is classic male stuff now. I bet you everyone them is male and not female. Because males sort of say, I'll say two decades of the rosary and I'll be all right, you know, or I won't go to the doctor, it's hemorrhoids. This is a case of where men are appalling. Like each one of these should be going to a doctor, getting a colonoscopy. Yeah. And doing it. And the vast majority of them will be fine. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not saying anything other than that. But you must have this checked because there is no two ways about it. We have to spell it out very clearly. Blood in the bowl is a sign of colon cancer. That you are you are having a sign of it, which doesn't mean you have it, but we have to outrule it because also remember this about colon cancer. It is one of the cancers that early intervention is a game changer in. So, you know, it isn't something that, oh God, we have to write you off because you have a bit of blood after you, you, you go yeah. to the toilet. But you must have it checked. I would suggest to George that some of them are very likely to be women again. Both sexes stick their head in the sand when it comes to the fear I know, of women cancer. are much better going to the doctor. There's no question. If breast cancer was, it was a male uh, disease, we have gone over this ground be before. Fixed. Anyway, look, go to the doctor. Yes, completely. And a colonoscopy is a doddle. Not like when I had to get it done about 25 years ago when the guy put something that looked about four, like four bicycle pumps tied together and without the aid of an anaesthetic, he stuffed it up my insides. That was only to stop you talking. Um, no, I don't always talk from that part of my anatomy. <laughs> you, you're absolutely right. It is a doddle. People are sedated if they want to be. A lot of people are actually asleep for the whole procedure. Remember yeah, nothing about it. It's painless. It's simple. It's quick. It has to be done. Day procedure, everything. Yeah, Go in the morning and they're out. It's absolutely. great. Read the, read the paper and it's all done. All over. You can actually read the paper while it's been happening. If, if you like, if you're that way inclined. Right. Another one. I'm getting varicose veins. I'm 29. Male. Do a lot of exercise and I'm getting them. What's going on? I would suggest what is going on is that he's just unlucky. And I bet you if he looked at his mother's or his father's legs that they are probably all varicose as well. Correct. Yeah. Tough luck, lad. It's all your mother's fault. Or your father's fault. Mostly mother's. Well, it was mother in my case. It was mother in my case. Like, and interestingly... You would say mostly mothers. You pluck these statistics from the air. I had a mother. I'm an expert in these matters. I had a mother. Interestingly, my daughter, my eldest girl, varicose veins. Yes. So, And she got them from her father. No, she got them from her grandmother. (gasps) But anyway, but the point is... It is familial, I think. Yes, it absolutely is. If this guy is young, I mean, 29 is very young, and he's fit and he's not overweight, there's no kind of predisposing lifestyle factors that he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been pregnant. This is just bad luck. You know what you do? You go and get them sorted out. And I tell you, it's such... Why await it? Yeah. Like, why await it? The best part of 50 years to get it sorted out. And actually, it is important to get it sorted out because you're one of those people that would have had skin issues from the varicose veins and causing you problems with your legs in general, your circulation. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Now, uh, I'm 32, this poor fella. Recently diagnosed, type 1 diabetic. No, he's fit, he's not overweight, no family history. Any ideas? Tough luck again, is it? This is another bad roll of a dice, you know what I mean? Um, he may find Extra, it... Sorry, explain type 1 and type 2. Type 1 and type 2 used to be known as insulin-dependent and non-insulin-dependent diabetes. Um, we don't really refer to that anymore because some of the type 2s are now insulin-dependent as well. Um, type 1 is the one that comes on younger. 
in non-obese tends to be a little non-obese people because obviously uh, obesity is a, is a risk factor for type two. Um, tends to to be a little bit more of a of an aggressive thing. Needs to be managed very tightly and very closely. Really? Yeah, it does. But it was partly because it hits people when they're young, and it's very very challenging if you have a teenager and you say to them, "Do you know what? Now you have to inject yourself with insulin three times a day, and you have to take blood tests off your finger three times a day, and all of this." It's really difficult, and you know you have to watch what you eat to the nth degree. Yeah. You can't drink very much. All that kind of stuff. It's it's a lifestyle issue and it's tough on people. And it definitely is. you do it kind of in that fold in your stomach, don't you? They're kind of over your hips or isn't that where you usually inject? Yes, a lot of people would inject into the abdomen. They might do the finger pricks though to actually do the blood testing because that's kind of convenient, you know, to actually right. use okay. the glucometer to okay. measure their blood sugar levels. This is a bad look thing. Yes, yeah, he yeah. may find a second cousin or a third cousin has it yeah. somewhere down the line that he doesn't know about. But irrespective, the thing to do is this, is to manage it really yeah really well don't worry so much about the cause you can do nothing about that but you need to get on board with the programme in order for it not to affect you adversely down the line yeah I used to date a girl once who used to inject and I I I always wanted to be present I thought it was a great idea oh god the producer now has his head in his hands in in the box is all I'm saying (laughs) I was I I dated a girl once and she was in the car with me you see and she said do you want to see where I had the operation on my stomach? And I said, absolutely. And she said, that's the hospital over there. <laughs> George, how many women have you dated? For a man who married young, I, I can't fathom the checkered career you've had, women-wise. Uh, I'm a big fan of females. Um, I think they were a great invention. Yeah. I think God... Taking it from the rib, it was fabulous stuff. Yeah, God was so right. What else am I having trouble here? Oh, yeah, when you're in a plane... You know the way you equalise, you know, yep. hold your nose and blow and, and it yep. goes pop. But this fella is at sea level and his ears constantly feel like they need to be popped. No pain or anything. And he needs to equalise every now and again. That's not uncommon. And you what see, you're talking about that equalising is a thing called Valsalva's uh, procedure where you, you hold your nose with two fingers. And blow. And you kind of blow or you swallow sometimes and you'll feel the popping in one or both ears. Do be careful. You can perforate your ear if you... If you put too much pressure on that that eardrum and you're doing the, the popping, you know, too uh, aggressively. But but how does he get it at sea level? He has a thing, I would guess, called eustachian tube dysfunction. Your eustachian tube is the tube that comes from your middle ear and runs to the back of your, your pharynx, so into your throat. And that becomes sometimes a bit dysfunctional and you get back pressure on the, the eardrums and it causes you problems where your ears feel blocked and muffled and they pop. What you do is you get a topical steroid spray, like uh, over-the-counter stuff like Beccanase or Flixanase, and you blow it up, you spray it up your nose a couple of times a day, which affects the bottom of the eustachian tube, allowing that pressure to equalise okay. in your middle ear. And it can it can be fixed. OK, but you don't need to ring for an ambulance in the middle no, of the night, n- which is your usual n- now, answer for these No, now, now. No, you don't. OK. Now, I have this every now and again, so this is really interesting. <laughs> Can you explain severe anal pain occurring every now and again? And you suddenly clench your buttocks, you know, you get the stabbing pain and you clench your buttocks, like, but it kind of goes away. Um, Should I be worried? Do mind the listener? <laughs> what about me? You always get very exercised <laughs> if anything relates to your own health, George. <laughs> this is all about you. Um, yeah, some people do get rectal pain proc- 
proctalgia, um, you know, it, and it can be quite severe. And actually, you describe it quite correctly, a stabbing pain like a knife up through yeah. you. People are familiar with it. It often means nothing. It often has no sinister underlying cause. But again, what do we do here? A colonoscopy. We want to have a look to make sure that we're not missing an underlying so cause. So the fact that I've had a colonoscopy relatively recently, for argument's yes. sake, I don't need to worry. You for don't. Instance. You don't need to worry, which is all we really care about. No, but it, on the to program. be serious for a minute, like most men over fifty should have a colonoscopy. Would you agree? No, you wouldn't. No, it's not that I wouldn't. In terms of our health service, in terms of rationing of our health service, we don't have a colonoscopy-based national screening programme for colon cancer. But certainly anyone with a family history of colon cancer should yeah. have one. Anybody with, with blood in the stool should have yeah. one. And to be honest, that's a huge amount of people. So yes, I and think stabbing most... stabbing anal pain. Stabbing anal pain is another reason why we might do right. a colonoscopy. Although I, I would reassure this person, it may be just a bit of bad luck. It may be just sort of a yeah. muscle spasm sort of an idea. Yeah. But in my case, it's a bit checked. like Simbad the Sailor is kind of practicing swordsmanship for in my particular case. But I find if I clench my buttocks, it goes away. Anyway, I've got about <laughs> six questions here, right? Eamon and Cork. Is Garcia Cambodia or something any good for weight loss? Another fellow is saying there's new tablets, liposuction. There's why are all these people trying to get smart and always oh, there a silver bullet for losing weight somebody else has. Why are they all looking for an easy way to lose weight when the only way to lose weight is the hard way? Well, I think you've answered the question because no one wants to do it the hard way. Um, Garcia Camboida, I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing that right either because right. to be honest, I've, I, I know what it is but I've only ever seen it written right. down. It is a, a plant extract from this Indonesian plant. It was it was very sort of touted by a guy called Dr. Oz who's, who's a kind of a... A media doctor, and God knows you can't trust those, um, basically about losing weight. The studies don't bear it out. They're very equivocal. Some studies have shown a small amount of weight loss associated with some have shown none whatsoever. So it's it's not it's not looking like okay. it's some great wonderful thing. Uh, I, the yeah. other thing is, is the tablets that are for sale, a lot of them have been tested by these consumer programmes, you know, these like witch, oh, yeah. to find that there's hardly any of the active ingredient in the bloody tablets you buy anyway the, over the, the counter. This, what's that? Uh, aloe vera, that's another one that sort of yeah, cures people everything. People love things yeah. like that. But do you know what the answer is? I, I do, but you tell me anyway. If you want to gain weight, you eat more. If you want to lose weight, you eat less. You're exactly right. It's very right. simple. You're exactly it's right. It's very simple. And they all want some magic way, like the fellow with the Cambridge diet and all these kind of guys. Yep. Another pal of mine is on the oranges and yogurt diet at the moment. Jesus, I remember <laughs> that from the 70s. My yeah. mother used to take it. And the answer is just stop eating. Well, eat less. I think stopping eating is quite oh, well, tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat less. Yeah, no, you're yeah. absolutely right. People want an easy, quick fix to weight yeah. loss. It doesn't exist. Stephen has red spider lines on the side of his nose. How does he get rid of them? Stop drinking whiskey. Well, well, I thought those red lines on your nose came from drinking whiskey. Well, you're actually kind of right in that broken capillaries on your face you would often see them in alcoholics or, or people yeah. with who are yeah. heavy drinkers. We're not suggesting for a moment, Stephen, that that's you because you can have them for other reasons. Going out in cold weather and, you know, if you were a lighthouse keeper and stuff, you'd have them as well. But people have them for all sorts of reasons. They can be removed. Um, not removed like as in surgically, but with um, cosmetic procedures that are done 
both through dermatologists but also through um, beauticians would do them too. They they pass little electric currents, they do laser. They can actually be modified with 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 various treatments. Um, certainly none of them are available on uh, medical cards or anything like that. But cosmetically, this guy could do something if he wanted to. Okay, all right. Now a lot babies. Babies. Right. Well. We like babies on the right hook, don't we? I don't like babies. Oh, I like babies. I like babies when they're 10 years old <laughs> um, and male. Dear God. And can kick footballs. Now, I have a five-month-old teething, says yeah. listener, I stress. Uh, Norafen's been given once or twice a week at night. Not a good idea, is it? Well, what they've asked is... Well, just let me give you the other one as well, but okay. it matters. Okay, okay. Somebody else thinks they bottled water, they don't have to boil the water if it comes from a bottle, you know? I saw both of these Yeah, the, so the, these kind of babies generally. Babies generally. Um, with regard to teething, babies do struggle with their teeth breaking through the gums because if you can imagine the teeth have to put quite a lot of pressure on yeah. the on the gum in order to break through and it is painful and you will go through a period of weeks or months mm. intermittently where you have to right. give a bit of calpol or norofen is it ideal no it's not really ideal but i don't think there's much ways around it other than that your oh, baby you can is do it can you? Ah, you can you, you wouldn't recommend putting whiskey on your finger and I, I, rubbing no. it on the gum no no okay. i i wouldn't but you can do my it. grandmother thought that was a great idea well, actually, that's what gripe water was, you know. Exactly. It was booze. And, and gripe water. And re- rescue remedy is as well, let me and tell you. And you can't get it anymore. Well, no, but maybe that's a good thing. All the babies with the brandy and the bottle and the whiskey and everything. <laughs> but anyway, so they were all sozzled going to sleep. But So I think intermittent use of, of, of sort of basic analgesics right. is, but, is fine. But bottled water. No, is, you have to boil the water. I would never yeah, rely on, on a bottled water to be absolutely sterile. You can't rely on it to be absolutely sterile. You're putting your trust in a commercial entity. Don't do it. Boil the water, ordinary tap water, boil it and give it to your baby. Yeah. Cheaper by about 2,000% yeah, even after it's water another charges. another sort of, is there a quick or easy way of doing this? Sometimes just the old way is best. Now, just... I would be, always say yes to boiling. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. 53106 is the number for your text messages to the Right Hook Health Checkup. Uh, if you want a medical answer, you'll get it from Kira. If you want another kind of answer, you'll get it from me. So you might put it at the top of the thing, I want a real medical answer or I want one of George's uh, home remedies. If we don't get your questions, we'll come back next week and get them. What about a fellow in his early 40s? He has a painful Achilles injury, which is lingering. Now, he's an intermittent runner and he plays five aside. Should I continue resting it or get an MRI or what? This is dangerous. If he ruptures the Achilles tendon, he's going to be in a cast forever yeah. for about for months. I this feel is, this yeah. guy's pain more, a bit like you with, with, yeah. with the, the anal pain. I feel this guy's pain. I have done my Achilles from running as well. And it is so frustrating. I did it in March. We're now June and I'm only marginally better. The only thing that really works for an Achilles is rest yep. and physio. That, that's really it. It's very, very slow to heal. It's not like other things. Um, it's a quite a long, drawn out process. You are right, George. You can rupture the Achilles and it's, you might as well break a leg if you rupture your Achilles because you're, you're left with the same situation afterwards in a cast, unable to walk and all that kind of stuff. This I'm guy, playing five or seven. Yeah, he'll suddenly, it's he'll suddenly make it dark yeah, for a ball pointless. and bingo. What he should be doing is he should probably put runner's heel lifts into his shoes mm. which shorten his Achilles slightly which will rest it more. He should try and rest from a sports point of view. He may need anti-inflammatories. He should be going to physio and he needs to give it time. Time, time, time. Yeah. 
Physios are great value. They're half the price of your GP. They're just fantastic value. Physios are great value, as are your GPs. Right. In the last month, this poor fellow's getting out of bed. He can barely walk. His ankles feel weak. The entire soles of his feet are very sore. It passes after the shower. <laughs> I think that's great. Have a wash. Cures all kinds of pain. He's a baker and he spends a large amount of time on his feet. I think this man... He's 42, by the way, and he's tried icing it, different shoes, nothing seems I think this man is developing a condition called plantar fasciitis George have you heard of plantar fasciitis I'm an expert I thought you would be an expert on it I had that suspicion Um, just when he says the soles of his feet are killing him and Mm. all that kind of stuff one of the great things you can do for plantar fasciitis you very often get it in your heel yeah you do actually it can come kind of from the heel and it's like Mm. tightness all across your sole then he should get himself like a little tennis ball kind of a sized ball and he should have it by the bed and when he gets out of bed in the morning before he puts his foot to the floor he should rotate his ankles both ways and then he should put his foot on top of the ball press down really hard and rub his foot forward and backward forward and backward to massage the sole of his foot loosening his plantar fascia and alleviating his troubles and he can continue to use his heat in his shower afterwards that is probably the best piece of medical advice you've given in months yes I'm quite quite proud of that one that's a good one isn't it that's a classic that's a classic one well it should podcast that piece of advice (laughs) that's class what would you do with undiagnosed ADHD in a 30-year-old female? I have to say, I thought that was very interesting because I thought, well, if it's undiagnosed, how does she know she has it? Mm. She suspects she has it. And she may have it because bear in mind, this generation of kids were diagnosing everybody with ADD and ADHD. But the previous generation, we diagnosed nobody. So either they all had it as well and it was undiagnosed or else we're totally well, over-diagnosing so, Seriously, are there things called ADD and ADHD I think and all there are. Other? Yes, I do believe there are. There are kids out there who find it extremely difficult to concentrate. Extremely difficult to stay focused on anything. They do hop out of the chair all the time. And you know what? I actually feel really sorry for them because they get an awful trouble in school and the teachers start saying you're bold you're bad you're yeah. this you're that and they feel bad about it but they actually find it really difficult well, when I was in school, and boys nobody, are particularly vulnerable to this had ADHD when I was at school I bet you they did but yeah, they were just called little brats and they were probably yeah. given a clip around the ear um, I, you, do you favour a clip around the ear for this uh, condition I think you know my answer is no I do not favour a clip around the ear for this condition or any other condition you don't favour clipping around you the ear at I don't favour clipping the ears the failure of clipping around the ear has caused 90% of our social problems today. Rubbish. There'd be half the people in Mount Joy Rubbish. if there was more Rubbish. clipping you, around you, the you, ear. You, you do make one good point. Discipline is very important and boundaries is very important to children. However, you can enforce that without ever laying a hand uh, on the them. The naughty step. What a load of balderdash. Anyway, daughter has... Uh, Should we just address that last woman with the ADHD? She can go and be assessed. You can be assessed as an adult. No, you can be assessed as an adult. And some adults nowadays are actually being treated in the exact same way with programmes of behaviour and sometimes with medication in the same way that that children's... I don't mind you cutting me off. I'm just thinking of the poor ADHD woman. If she's still able to concentrate on what I'm saying, I would say to her she should go and get assessed. All right. Finally, what about the daughter who has a uh, keratosis pilaris? Ah, yeah, this is some... Bumps on her upper arm and face. Yeah, yeah. And that's not that uncommon either. And people don't like it. Um, Moisturisers, exfoliants and a bit of sunshine is probably the best. And when I say sunshine, I do mean using sun factors as well. I'm not talking about sunburn. But um, sunshine is good. And uh, possibly vitamin D may have a role to play in this as well. But I would say exfoliate, moisturise and get your... Get 
get your arms out in the sunshine. That is the lovely Dr. Kira Kelly back next Monday with another Right Oak Health Checkup. 53106. Cost 30 cents is the place to send a text. You can always email the right hook at newstalk.com.